Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is our very first episode of 2021. I'm really, really excited to have two very special guests with me today. I have Christina and Stephanie, and they're going to be talking to us today about loss. Now, a lot of you watch me because of dealing with infertility, but some of you have actually suffered losses and are now getting pregnant or trying to conceive again. So I really wanted to bring them on to talk about themselves and their own stories, but also what they're doing to support others. So welcome. Welcome to Hi. our show. Thank <laughs> Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So can you guys introduce yourselves to us and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, I can start. My name is Christina Cunningham. And uh, together, Stephanie and I are Sunflowers and Red Feathers. We're a child loss support podcast or bereaved parents podcast. So we have both lost children. Um, both of our sons died in drowning accidents in 2017. Uh, Stephanie's son in March and mine in August. And um, through our grief, we have kind of bonded. And um, she started messaging me um, soon after my son died. And after that, for months and now years, we just, every, anytime we have something that's bothering us, she's like my go-to person. Uh, she became a really close friend of mine because we could talk to each other about our anger and frustration or sadness, everything that comes along with child loss. She was just there for me. And uh, she became a really close friend. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Stephanie. I am Joshua's mom. <laughs> and I reached out to Christine, like she said, um, just as soon as I found out that she lost Mason. Um, as a bereaved parent, you, you want to help others. And that's kind of what we want to do through Sunflowers and Red Feathers. We want people to know that they're not alone, first of all, because... When you first lose a child, you feel alone and you feel all that pain. And we wanted people to know that there is still life. There's hope and there's joy after loss. Um, and something interesting about us is um, we both have experienced pregnancy after loss um, twice, actually, yeah. since then in the last three years. And um, we have brought two beautiful babies into our homes each. And it's been a big blessing and it adds to our joy. Um, I know a lot of people fear that they won't be able to love those babies the same or um, they can't experience that joy, but we're here to prove that that's different. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's amazing that you guys were able to um, start something to help others and experience, you know, becoming a parent all over again. But I do know that that can be a little bit scary um, and cause a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. So can you kind of walk us through maybe what you felt like when you first found out that you had conceived after, you know, your loss? Yeah, I can start with that because I actually had a miscarriage before my pregnancy with Mason. So it actually started back then. Um, I had the miscarriage. So when I got pregnant with Mason in 2015, um, anybody who's had a miscarriage knows that you want to wait as long as you can before you announce your next pregnancy. Because like the first thing on your mind is, oh, my gosh, am I going to lose this baby also? And so you struggle with that fear for the first at least trimester, if not the entire pregnancy, wondering if you're going to take your baby to term and 
Um, so that's, you know, you have that fear. And then also after losing a child um, and getting pregnant again, my fear was like, am I going to be a good mom to this baby? Because every time you have a child, you love them with your entire being. You're a part of your heart dies with them when they die and so you're like do i even have enough love to have another child am i gonna love this child as much as the one that's gone and so that's a really huge struggle um i both for a miscarriage i'm sure as well as for having a child here on earth that passes so there's a lot of emotions that go along with it and then on top of you know, your fears and anxieties, you're like, well, how is this affecting me physically? Is my fear and anxiety going to cause a miscarriage or cause something wrong with my baby? It's just like this vicious cycle of fear and anxiety. Mm. <laughs> but um, for me, it's after your baby is born and you're able to hold them in your arms and you realize that there's nothing more precious and you have definitely, even through your grief, have enough love to love that child. I 100% agree. I felt the same way. I always say that, you know, when you give birth to a baby, you just love that baby with your whole heart, like Christina said. Um, and losing that child, you you miss them with your whole heart. And so when I found out I was pregnant with my baby after losing Joshua, it was only just a couple weeks afterward. And I was in complete shock. And mm -hmm. I kind of got into a dark place because I was mad. <laughs> um I didn't think that I could love another baby in the same way. And I, I was scared of losing him. And I had all of those fears. I had irrational fears. I had rational ones too. Um, but I was kind of mad that I, you know, I had just lost a baby and I was getting another one. Like, why couldn't I just keep my, my other baby, you know? Right. Um, yeah, exactly. But I came to realize that, um, these babies come into our families and they can heal our hearts in a way that, um, that nothing else can. And that's how it's been for me. Um, once my little boy came into my arms, I, <laughs> I loved him with my whole heart and he yeah. definitely doesn't fill that void. Um, right. but he came to heal my heart in a way that no one else could. That's for sure. Wow. I think that's so amazing um, that, you know, you're able to walk through such a traumatic experience and then experience something so beautiful, um, you know, in the midst of all of that. So I can't imagine how that must have felt for you guys. And I do want to offer my condolences for your losses. Um, but I'm really happy that you're now able to help others and be an inspiration you're even inspiring me uh, because I <laughs> honestly don't know if I would have the capacity to deal with those things. You know how people say that they never put more on you than you can bear. And I totally hate it because it's cliche. Uh, but yep, you know, we hate that as lost mom. That's like <laughs> one of the worst things people can tell you. Yeah, it's totally cliche. So when you're going through something like that, you don't want to be seen as strong. Um, but to be able to walk through that and then come out on the other side and reach back and take other people with you is something very, very honorable. At least I think so. Anyway. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Now let's talk about what has changed you um, since going through this journey, because, you know, now that you have 
gone through your loss and had other pregnancies and now have started such an amazing thing where you're helping others. I know you're a totally different person than you were before you even became a mom and had to go through any of this. Um, so yeah. tell us three, just three ways that going through this changed you as a person. Um, well, I kind of answered it as like a pros and cons because there's definitely good ways that I changed and probably some bad ones too. So for me personally, um, some of the good things that happened, if you can call them that, um, after my son died and my miscarriage is like you said, you're definitely stronger. And that is, I have to say, that is definitely one of the worst things that people say to you all the time after you lose a baby or a child is like, oh, you're so strong. And I always just want to say, yeah, well, I don't want to be, you know, I was forced to be, I wasn't, I didn't choose this position. This is just where I'm at and I have to deal with it. Right. So, um, but I de definitely feel like I am stronger now in the beginning. I didn't, but um, I'm also, I think like less naive about a lot of situations because, you know, everybody thinks it's not going to happen to me. Right. Until it does. And so I think I say it all the time, just having conversations with people. I'm like, well, you know, my my child died, so I guess anything can happen now at this point. So I'm just, I'm not very naive anymore. I know that literally anything can happen because the worst thing that could possibly happen did happen to me. So um, that's a pro, I guess I'm, I'm stronger for that. But also I think one of the hardest things about losing your child is since you lost a part of you, you literally change in your core and you're not the same person. And so when you're different, you lose family and you lose friends because people don't recognize you anymore. I don't recognize myself. I can look at a picture of me from before my son died and be like, no idea who that person is. I'm not that person anymore. And so, um, yeah, I, I bonded with people who understand me, who are going through the same things as me or the people who stood by my side during the hardest part in my life, the biggest trial I've ever been through which is Stephanie, my mom, and a lot of my close friends now, but I definitely lost a lot of friends. So that's another way that I've changed. I am kind of on the same page with Christina there. Um, I think for me, my capacity of, for love has grown so much. I, um, I definitely have more compassion on people because I've come to realize that you know, pain is relative. My pain isn't anybody else's pain, but um, what they can handle is going to be different than what I can handle. We have cats. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I think at the same time, even though my capacity for love has grown, my I'm also harder in other ways, like mm -hmm. maybe a little calloused <laughs> over. Um, I, do, yeah. I find things more petty now. <laughs> and so I... Yeah, I focus on more what feels more important to me, and I try to discard what's not important anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a big change for me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just focusing more on what I have in my life and what I love, that has um, made a big difference for me. And then um, this goes for Christina and I both. Um, our health is different um, before child loss. Um, we didn't deal with a lot of the issues that we're dealing with now. And um, we're both dealing with autoimmune problems that popped up after losing our kids. And that's different. Um, discovering how grief affects you physically, as well as mentally and spiritually and emotionally. Wow. Yeah, yeah that mind-body connection is 
totally a thing. Um, yes. You don't realize how much grief can affect you. Um, I've never personally experienced a loss of having a child here and then losing them. But as I was telling Christina earlier, I ended up losing my fallopian tubes in 2016 um, due to having basically a botched C-section that left them severely scarred. And since having that C-section and going through all of this traumatic roller coaster of life, my health has been crazy and I've had to deal with a lot of things that I never even thought were possible um, inside of my body. So it's crazy how these things can affect us and we don't even realize where all of these things are coming from. So to know that, you know, you guys experiencing a loss cause autoimmune issues for you. I'm sure there are people watching going, wow, that makes so much sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you have questions, just ask, cause I'm sure we have dealt with many, if not all of the things you're dealing with yep. between the two of us. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So we talked about our health and what changed. Let's talk about support um, because this is a big thing that I know people deal with. You talked about how you lost friends, but you also had people that were there to support you. What were, I guess, some of those crazy things that people said to you or did that made you, you know, for lack of better words, really want to yell at them and say, just go away. <laughs> um, what, uh, what could we do as a support person to not offend someone going through a loss? Yeah, yeah. well, we actually have a full podcast episode on that. Um, <laughs> what's it called? How to Ways to Help the Newly Bereaved. That's what it's called. So if you want a full podcast episode on it, that's the title. But there are lots of things that you should and shouldn't say or do for a grieving parent. Um, let's hit some good ones. Good things that I felt were helpful, especially in the beginning, um, support wise. If somebody just loses a child, um, meal trains and bringing food and supplies, things like that are also are always really helpful. Um, but emotionally, I think Stephanie hits on this a lot in that episode. Um, just being a good shoulder to cry on and not necessarily offering advice, just being there to listen and show that you care in any way that you can. That's a huge thing. You can kind of ex go on, explain that Stephanie. Yeah. yeah. So um, for me, having people come over and um, having to deal with their grief of losing my child was mm -hmm. probably one of the hardest things. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. Um, I remember the night that we lost Joshua, um, um, people from my church, um, people from the neighborhood um, all came over and they were all crying and I wasn't allowed to. I had to comfort them. Um, and that was a weird, weird situation. Um, so if you are going to take care of a bereaved parent, don't go over there and cry at them let them cry, let them talk. <laughs> yeah. um, I, you wouldn't think about doing that, but that's, mm -hmm. that's the reality sometimes. That's how it was for me. And that was really rough. Um, some things that you don't want to say is, well, at least you have such and such. Other at least you have other kids at home. No, 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 no. That doesn't work. That's not fair. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, my favorite think, rebuttal to that one is, which one of your children would you like to give up? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's not helpful. Um, I think, like Christina said, just being there, um, being a shoulder to cry on, and not leaving. Like, okay, so uh, my husband, he's a CPA, and it was the middle of tax season in March. Um, he had to go back to work right away. He didn't get time off. And so um, he went to work just two days after we lost him, and it was insane. And he didn't get any compassionate work. It was tax season. He had to work hard and had to, yeah, it was awful. And so um, he left, and I was home alone. Um, the funeral had already passed, and that was it. I was left at home with my thoughts, left at home with some babies, and um, it was kind of nightmarish for a little while. Yeah, so, so people who can be around and help you when you're, like, in that transition phase, we call it finding the new normal. It's That's really helpful to have a companion, which I think is often what Stephanie and I found in each other um, was just somebody to talk to when we were at home alone grieving because guys grieve differently than mm -hmm. women do. So even though if our, even if our spouses were there, like I couldn't talk to my husband the way that I talked to Stephanie, which brings up my next point. Like you need to find a community and find a way to socialize and get what you're feeling out because just holding it in, I think is probably one of the worst things you can do mentally and physically because you're just going to keep pushing it and stuffing it down farther and farther and farther. And you're just going to, to fall into this deep, dark place. that's harder to get out of the farther you dig down. So finding Facebook support groups and podcasts and things like that, a way to talk about the way that you're feeling and realizing that you're not alone can be very healthy for your grief and your journey. Mm -hmm. So yeah, support, find support groups for sure. Wow. I am so sorry that people actually came to your house, Stephanie, Stephanie, and made you deal with their grief. Like, I can't even imagine as a person how you do that to someone else. That is just not I okay. don't think you do it intentionally. I think it just kind of happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. Um, that was a bit hard for me. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Doing that, I, I feel like you would want to at least try to be strong for the person, you know, get your tears out in the car or something just so you can hug them and maybe cry behind <laughs> their back, but not make them comfort you. Wow. That is that is interesting. Um, now, we started Sunflowers and Red Feathers. What do you guys offer for the community, for anybody who's watching and is probably going through a loss or might have had a loss in the past and they didn't deal with it. What can they find in sunflowers and red feathers? Yes. I wanted mm -hmm. to say flowers for some reason. Close. Um, <laughs> did you want me to take that one, Stephanie? Or go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, we are, um, I have a cat too. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just offer real advice, real conversation from a bereaved mom's point of view. So like I said, we found companionship in each other and we've really bonded through our grief. And so we know that through going to um, the Compassionate Friends, which is a national grief support group for child loss, we know that talking about our boys 
is a way of keeping their memory alive and honoring them. And that helps us because I read somewhere that it said something, um, as a parent, your job is to protect your child. As a bereaved parent, your job is to protect your child's memory. And for me, that is huge. I just, I want to talk about Mason all the time. Stephanie wants to talk about Joshua all the time because they're not going to physically be here for us to watch them grow up. And the more people you meet, it's the less people that you're going to know that have met your child and actually, you know, have met them in person. And so the way to keep them alive is just to talk about them. And so we thought a podcast would be a great way to do that for us to get our emotions out there. And then, um, people can see that the things that we talk about and the way that we feel is all normal. Because if you're not talking and you're just dealing by yourself um, and not learning that the way you're feeling is normal, it's that's hard. Mm-hmm. So listen to yeah. the things that we struggle with and know that you can reach out to us if you need help. Definitely. Um, I think as a bereaved parent, you have, to, you have to have that outlet. You have to be able to talk about your children. Um, because your child is still very much a part of your family or that that's how it is for me. Joshua is still very much as part of our family as he was living. Um, we do simple things like have a plate out for him every dinner time, every meal. Um, he still has a chair. He still has a spot in our home. He's still a part of our family. Um, and that's important for people. Um, it might not be that way for every bereaved parent, Mm-hmm. But um, it's important for you to honor your child however you can. Um, and the biggest thing that we wanted to do with Sunflowers and Red Feathers is um, allow people to see what it's like to be a grieving mom. First of all, we wanted to give other grieving parents um, the ability to see that there is healing um, and there is joy and hope to be found. Um, I use the hashtag all the time. It's still a beautiful life. Because it is. Um, We've gone through the hardest heartbreak that you could ever go through um, because you can never plan for the death of a child. You plan for the death of your spouse, your parents and whatnot. Um, But you do not plan for the death of your child. And so um, to be able to have that beautiful life still and let other people see that, that's going to be an important thing. And that's what we wanted to do because we have found hope and joy in our journey. And it is still a beautiful life for us. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is definitely beautiful and inspiring. So I want to thank you both for being here with us today. And before we go, do you have any parting words or would you like to tell people where they can find you? Yeah. So we have a podcast. So obviously it's called Sunflowers and Red Feathers. You can find us on pretty much any podcast site now. Um, we actually call ourselves a blogcast because we have a YouTube channel. So find us on YouTube, any of the podcast site, and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and I will see you guys next time. (laughs) Bye guys. Thanks for having us. All right.